Welcome to the Creative Warriors Podcast, the female heart and soul of photography. And I'm going to introduce Colleen. Colleen Minnick is one of my favorite photographers, not only in the work she does, but also in her heart, in what she gives to the photography community. Unbelievable woman. So I'm introducing you to her and you will just fall in love. Um, Colleen fled the gray cubicle walls of Intel and left her unfulfilling software engineering job in, in 2007 to pursue a much more meaningful life and full-time outdoor photographer. She's a writer, a publisher, instructor, and speaker that helps other people. So Colleen, we got some questions for you. And Hi, Ariel. Thanks so much for having me. You are very welcome. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Congratulations so, on the podcast. So excited for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I hope the uh, I hope our audience enjoys it equally as much. And I think we got some great people to bring to them. Absolutely. So I think we'll be giving them something of value. So before we really dig in, I wanted to introduce people to you. So sure. talking about your journey... <laughs> yeah, it's been a wild one. <laughs> <laughs> Can you share a bit about your personal journey and how you became a photographer? Yeah, so I never intended to be a photographer. Um, I really didn't have a lot of artistic training growing up. A lot of what I would call artistic training was more in athletics, like dance, gymnastics, things like that. Music, playing the flute, things like that. Um, growing up, I just I was really focused on this idea that I had to be an independent woman. I had to find a job. I had to go to school. I had to find a job. And then I would stay in that job forever and ever and ever. And I would retire. And then I would live happily ever after. And so I kind of followed that. Um, I ended up going to Stanford on an athletic scholarship for volleyball, then transferring to University of Michigan, Ann Arbor to study business administration, computer information systems at the height of the tech boom. And I ended up getting a job with Intel. It was a great job at Intel as a software engineer. And I really started getting stressed out about five years into that and realizing that maybe, I don't know, maybe that just wasn't my path. And so I ended up picking up photography as a hobby. My mom saw that I was getting really stressed out. I was having some health issues and I, you know, I really didn't do any photography. I, I used to get those little like disposable cameras at like the pharmacy, like Walgreens <laughs> or CVS on vacation. And I would take millions of pictures, just like, and I have albums and albums of, of really <laughs> quite sad photographs <laughs> from vacations. Um, but we my all mom, do. Right, right, like blurry, and it was like, oh, look, it's supposed to be a boat with a sunset. Um, <laughs> so, uh, my mom recognized this and handed me a brochure to Chandler Gilbert Community College and says, you know, in the most loving way, Colleen, I think you need to get a life. And so, <laughs> it was. Moms. I really, I walked into class. I know, go, mom. Like, be careful what you ask for, mom. Like, because <laughs> here it is. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it, it really was the start of a very different life for me. Um, it was a black and white photography class. It was very low key. It was a lot of adults on Saturday. It was pass fail. Like it was just such a really great introduction. It was a very supportive introduction. I mean, when I brought in blurry pictures of boats with the sunset, my 
my instructors and all the people would be like, oh, but your water looks really great or like great depth of field. And like, I mean, they were just so supportive. Right. And they're like, well, you know, maybe next time you want to, you know, be in focus. Like, <laughs> I mean, but it was just really. Yeah, I mean, it's maybe a good or like intentional camera movement now that we <laughs> right. Did you intend so, to do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't know. It was just camera movement at that point. <laughs> so, I, you know, I just, I feel really fortunate for that. And there was a woman in the class who brought in a magazine with her picture in it. And I know this sounds really ridiculous, but it never occurred to me that that's where like pictures came from, like pictures and magazines came from people. <laughs> and so... <laughs> I was like, oh, I wonder, like, that would be fun. And mm -hmm. so I ended up, yeah, and what if is kind of a big question in my whole, my whole journey, start to finish, you know, it's been, you know, I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but it's been, you know, over 20 years freelance and um, it's just, or almost 20 years freelance. And that question, what if is just so important to everything that I do right now. So it was like, what if I sold my work at art shows and I did, and it turned out well. And it was like, what if I submitted my photographs to magazines like Arizona Highways? I did, I got published. And so I started in 2001, by 2007, I had enough business photographically that I ended up walking out of Intel. And, you know, since then it's, it's evolved tremendously. I wanted to write a book in college. I just didn't know what to write about. And so I turned to writing and I, I really do feel like the photography's kind of brought me back to the writing. And now I kind of do both. Um, photography really wasn't a dream come true for me. I know that sounds ridiculous now, but it's <laughs> like, it wasn't a dream. It was an escape hatch really from Intel. It was to get away from stress and get away from people telling me what to do that I the stuff I really didn't want to do and it it really affected me in the at the core of who I was and so when I went to photography you know I went freelance in 2007 like I, I did kind of what I always did which is I listened to other people um you know and their advice and I took my photography took all sorts of twists and turns doing you know, things other than landscape photography. I did jewelry and soccer. I don't golf. I don't know anything about golf and like all of this stuff. And every time it was like, why am I doing this? Did I really leave my job for this? And so that's when I started turning to, you know, what is it that you want to do with this life? What is it? And really right around the 2010 um, timeframe, I went to an OWAA, an Outdoor Writers Association of America conference, where I saw people being successful in outdoor photography and writing and books. And it was like, wow, I mean, if they can do it, like, why, why can't I? And they helped me. And so that's where I'm at in my own journey right now, really focused on outdoor recreation, specifically water, water recreation, water management issues in the Southwest, like the Colorado River, um, which is <laughs> also kind of ironic because I was terrified of water where I can't see my feet. And so that's kind of a weird, <laughs> it's kind of a weird unexpected turn in my journey. Um, but I think that's what, I think that's what life is all about is embracing kind of those twists and turns and what if, like, what if you just went with it? What if you tried this and not all of it's going to work out and some of it works out amazing. And so now I feel like I have, I literally live the dream. I live my own dream of, you know, photography, you know, teaching. I love workshops. I love teaching workshops. I love adventures. I love stand up paddleboarding. I love writing about it. And, and I, you know, the camera just comes along for my journey and all of this. And so now I can successfully say that, that this is, I'm living my dream. This is, this is 
everything that I could hope for, but never would have planned for. <laughs> Sometimes those and are that's the best. from a planner. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes those are absolutely the best adventures. <laughs> I so, mean, it, it's like, it's impossible for me to think that when I was like, you know, five, if someone had been like, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's like, oh, I want to be an outdoor photographer and writer. Like I, that would have, would have <laughs> never crossed my brain. I, I think it's one of those career paths that people say, oh, you can't succeed. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, you don't want to be a photographer because they make no money. I mean, I really, I remember hearing that a lot. If you wanted to go towards art, it was like, oh, don't do it. You know, get something practical. Be an engineer. (laughs) Doctor, lawyer, engineer, pilot, architect. Like those are all things that crossed my brain. And it wasn't because I found the work particularly interesting. Actually, I did think being a lawyer would have been amazing because I did love to research. I love reading and I love to research and I love to argue sometimes. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> and being an architect with all the design, like I think would have both of those probably would have been good fits for me. But when I thought about it, all I was thinking about at that time when I was choosing my career, choosing my major in, in college was really, how do I make enough? How do I make a lot of money? Like, how do I get the white picket fence? How do I get the fancy car? How do I get the big house? How do I land the, you know, the successful husband? Like all of those things that society tells us. Um, and, you know, for me, I checked all of those boxes, every single one of them and more, some of them twice. And when I got to a point, it was like, you know, by mid thirties, I was like, wow, I am not happy. Like I am not fulfilled with any of this. And I'm supposed to, right? I'm supposed to feel happy and I don't. So it's like even worse, right? (laughs) Yeah, I have everything I'm supposed to have and yeah, it's it's empty. It's an empty quest, yeah. So So that leads me to my next question. If you're ready for me to jump there. I'm ready, let's go. Okay, so (laughs) it's asking, how do you use photography as a tool of self-expression and personal growth? Because I know for you, you have done a lot of inner growth through your yeah. photography work. Absolutely. I mean, I think photography, you know, it's cliche to say, but photography changed my life. It, I didn't intend it to, but it absolutely did. Um, part of what I struggled with growing up was that I was introverted to some extent. I, I felt like I was largely misunderstood. I didn't, I, I communicated best on paper. And when I picked up a camera, it was a new way for me to express myself beyond paper. And that was really exciting. Um, and so with the camera, what I have found, and I think a lot of photographers, you and you included probably see this, is we see different things when we have this, this tool in our hand, when we're actually out going, okay, I have this camera, I'm looking at the world in, in a detailed, nuanced way. And so for me, photography really helped me experience the world on a much richer level, on a deeper level than I ever would have without it. And so in doing so, I got excited about things like, you know, how excited I get about bubbles, right? Like in (laughs) coolest bubbles ever. (laughs) Right. You were there for the coolest bubbles ever. I was. And the pond scum. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Right. Right. And so, tell them about and I, what's in your background. Not that they're going to see it, but oh, what is yeah. that called? So, 
Well, so this is mind blowing. And this is this is the part about photography and self-expression and seeing is this is called a rainbow pool. This is not a manipulated photograph. This is actually desaturated. It is actually we uh, my friend and I, we were hiking the Pacific Crest Trail in California just less than a month ago. We come around this corner and we had we had seen all these ponds. They were like normal ponds. And this one had a little bit of more extra little extra pollen on it. And like it it was like iridescent rainbow. And I mean, I was like a monkey climbing on down wood and like trying to figure out like what is going on. And then I, I mean, I just lost all two marbles in my brain and I made photographs of it. And I wish that I would have stayed there for hours, but we had, you know, we had to kind of move on. And so, but that's what photography is for me is not only is it a way for me to express myself, like the joy, but it's also a way for me to see I would have, I, I don't know that I would have paid attention to this. We told two other hikers and they saw it and it was like, woo, right? And so like that spreading the joy, it's just, it's experiencing the world, seeing things. And this is not going to happen. This happens like three, like every three or four years and perfect liking conditions with the perfect this and the perfect that. And it's like, I just, we just got lucky. And so seeing this and then being able to share it with the world like it's i learned about the world i had never known anything about this i looked it up i got excited about looking it up i shared the learning with my community they looked it up they got excited <laughs> they're gonna go out i to looked their it up <laughs> you looked it up perfect yeah and you're probably so now you're gonna go out and you're gonna look at ponds differently and i for me I don't know that that's how I intended photography, but that's what ends up bringing me joy. Is it? It's a it's a way for me to see the world differently, express it visually. Sometimes I write. Sometimes it you know. Sometimes it comes out in photographs. Sometimes it comes out in a painting. I don't believe creativity is limited to just the rectangular box that the camera manufacturers have given to us. And then being able to share that and to just spread the knowledge and get other people excited about this beautiful world that we live in. I mean, there's just so much beauty around us if we choose to see it. And it's, I, I mean, it's part of the reason why I love looking at other people's photographs is that they're expressing themselves, hopefully, and what brings them joy, what brings you joy, you know, flowers in the, in the Smoky Mountains, the dogwood <laughs> blooms, for example, and just the way you look at the world in terms of kind of your design and your architecture background, for example, you have something to offer and that enriches my life because I don't I'm not going to see it that way. And so that's why I emphasize self-expression so much is <laughs> maybe it's a little selfish. I want to see what you, what, what you see, cause I'm not going to see it, you know? And so that's, I love that about photography. Yeah, so. it it really does open eyes in a totally new way. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you see things you never would have seen before. I agree, a hundred percent. And I think that if if we use photography as a creative expression tool, and not just this idea of going to iconic places and nailing the shot and and copying other people's compositions, we really do get such a deeper insight into our world. As, as people connect with the things that are important and meaningful to them, like bubbles or, <laughs> or whatever that is, right? Exactly. Like my, I hope that you see bubbles in a new way. Like, but I'm gonna photograph bubbles no matter what, right? I'm gonna photograph what I love no matter what. And if you're doing the same, then I know that 
I'm getting a picture into your, your heart and soul. I'm getting a picture into what you love and it can all be different. I hope that it is because it expands it's, it expands our universes infinitely, I think. so. Upgrade your experience with our premium subscription. Enjoy exclusive features, enhanced content, and seamless extended interviews. Elevate your enjoyment and personal growth with our premium subscription today. If you enjoy the Creative Warrior podcast, the female heart and soul of photography, please like, subscribe, share, and comment. Thank you. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. Um, <laughs> I know okay. that's why we're friends. <laughs> now, talking about the climb, what are some of the biggest challenges that you've faced in pursuing your career as a photographer and how did you overcome them? Yeah, I think, I mean, there's there's small challenges all the time. I think my biggest challenge was relying upon external expectations and ideas more than I relied upon my own. Um, and some of that is related to um, maybe not so positive self-talk. Um, I am I am a perfectionist at heart. I want to do things well. Um, I did things, a lot of things in especially early in my photography career to to get attention, um, to make myself stand out. It's something I did for 40 years easily um, because that's that's really what fed my self-worth. When somebody said, hey, Colleen, that's a beautiful photograph. I was like, oh, then I'm good enough. Right. Right. Exactly. You know that feeling. I mean, that yeah. feels good. But if that is only the only source of self-worth, like that becomes problematic when when things don't go well when people aren't saying that and they're not always going to say that. Right. Right. And so for me, I mean, a, a kind of an extension of my introduction when I left Intel in 2007, I had asked a mentor, you know, how do I be successful? I actually asked a fair number of mentors, how do I be successful? And I got some really great advice. Um, like, you know, if you have projects, try to figure out ways to get, you know, monetary support for them like try not to pay for them out of pocket for example that was a great piece of advice or you know everything you do now will pay off in a year because of calendar schedules and you know um, editorial schedules things like that workshop planning things like that I thought that was great advice but I got one piece of it well I got a piece of advice from somebody who'd been in the industry for 30 years saying I would never make it as a full-time freelance because I was female <laughs> Well, there were two things. I was female and I wasn't going to be able to cut it traveling alone, which is ironically what I love to do. And that the industry had changed so much so that there was just really limited opportunities for the amount of photographers that were in the pool. And by that, they me meant the stock photography market had sort of changed pretty significantly. Instead of getting, you know, hundreds of dollars for a photograph, people were now getting, you know, a dollar, five dollars. Yeah. 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 And so I took that advice and I ended up doing everything but landscape photography, which is how I left my job. I had enough money. Like it would have been fine for me to figure out a way to make money as a landscape photographer, but I listened. And I'm glad that I did in hindsight because it made me a better photographer. But I ended up photographing everything but landscape photographies, weddings and funerals. I didn't do any of that. And, and babies, no babies. And so... <laughs> But again, I, you know, when I was photographing jewelry, it was like, really, is this, is this fun? Like, is this, 
is this really fulfilling? And it wasn't. I mean, it was good money. I made money. And I did that for about three years. And at some point it was just like, I can't do this anymore. Like I have to reconnect with who I actually am. And I'm making enough money. I'm I'm a good enough photographer. I'm a smart enough business person and resourceful enough and connected enough that I I I can figure out how to write a book, you know, and I can figure out these things. And I think that sort of self-confidence is is really hard for women, especially, you know, because we do struggle a lot with feeling good enough and to be like, no, no, I'm good. Like I've got the skills. I'll figure it out. And if I don't have the skills, I'll either go develop the skills or I'll ask somebody to, to help me. You know, I'll pay somebody to help me with those skills. And I've done both. And I think having that inner confidence and being like, yeah, you know what? I don't have any idea where I'm going, but I'll figure it out. But I'm doing it. But I'll figure it out. And, you know, when I, you know, I'll take the books, for example, when I decided that I wanted to publish my first book, I didn't, I don't have any idea, anything about, but I don't know anything. I know that they sit on a shelf. That's what I knew. And, you know, I asked a lot of questions. I asked a lot of people. I did a lot of research and you just piece it together. And the first time out of the barrel, you know, we pushed, we pushed a good product. It was a good, you know, it was wild in Arizona, photographing Arizona wildlife or wildflowers. And I, it turned out great. Was it perfect? No, I've learned we've, I've now published eight books in my, and I've started a publishing company because <laughs> that's what you do when you're bored in, in April, right? Like that's what happens. Absolutely. <laughs> And I, but what if, right? Like, what if I just started a publishing company and what if we did more books and what if, and I can tell you that the eighth book is a lot better than the first book, but man, did we learn a whole lot through that? And I think that's having a focus on that is I, as you experience these challenges is having confidence in yourself and, and focusing on the learning, like you're not going to get it right every time it's not going to be perfect, but man, you're going to sure make some good progress by trying. And I think that trying, just trying is important. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent advice. Um, How did you handle the rejection or the criticism along that path? And I'm sure you still get it from some. Oh yeah. I mean, rejection is a part of the business. I mean, you'll like an example is you'll submit, well, in my very first submission for Arizona highways, you know, I submitted, I think 35, 40 photographs and one got published. I mean, if we tracked batting averages, that's not really that successful, right? But in this I don't industry, know. I see the one that got published. <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> well, but that's what you have to focus on because rejection is a part of the industry. I mean, I've done plenty of submissions where they're like, yeah, it just doesn't fit. And I think for me, you have to turn rejection a little bit on its side. Um, rejection doesn't have anything to do with you as a person. Uh, with the quality of your work, with the creativity in your work. It just means in from a business perspective, it's just not a good fit with what the other person is looking for. And I spend a lot of time trying to figure out that fit. And, you know, sometimes it's like, well, I know, for example, certain magazines want a certain style. It's not my style. Like, and for me to submit my style is just setting myself up for rejection. I don't want to do that. And so I want, I don't want to waste people's time on it either. Right. So, you know, I either conform to the style and in some cases I do because it's worth it to me. It's what I want. I want 
to be published in a certain place, or I want to achieve a certain goal or, or be in a book or whatever it is. But sometimes it's just it, to minimize that rejection. Um, you just, it's, you just move on. You just keep trying and you keep submitting more and yeah. I like at this point, it's, it's so part of the business that you just kind of like, Oh, all right, great. <laughs> Next. Next. You know, Next. you're, you're one of the first, um, when I started to think about this concept of this podcast, you were one of the first ones I thought of. And when I was trying to come up with a name, it was, it was a challenge. Um, and the mm. warrior part stood out to me because we really are in a battle and the battle exists inside and it exists outside. So you've got the exterior critics, you've got your own interior, um, you know, years of whatever mindset your brain has taken and it's a war. And, and for me, you, based on, I've watched you, I think I first met you in out of Chicago live. I, okay. I met you, yeah. you didn't meet me. Um, and then <laughs> we were on screen like this. <laughs> Yeah. And I, I'm not sure if you were in, yes, you were de definitely in the Smokies, but I already felt like I oh, knew yes. you. Oh, yes. So, I mean, it, to me, it was like, you know, I, I already know you, um, but that's because I watched <laughs> live a couple of years. Um, and you are a warrior, in my opinion, a, oh, definitely a creative <laughs> warrior. So I'm really happy that you um, oh, agreed to this. <laughs> well, you are, you. you are like a, a female warrior. Yay. Uh, <laughs> um, and well, you can really I mean, help a lot of women by that, you know, cause you have, pa you've trailed through this path of yeah. all this and, you know, just sharing that with others is really, really important. Certainly important for me. Like, I mean, I don't have it all figured out. Um, but I can tell you that I spend very, very little time in victimhood. I spend very little time thinking about, you know, woes me and, challenges and things like that. And, and you just, you just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And I, I see it, you know, we can talk about it in terms of war semantics. I just think the whole thing is a challenge. Like it's a, it's a game for me to try to piece this together. And I think if you have a strong enough vision, like you can, you get through the fear, you get through the challenges, you just, you just, you know, you learn about them, you walk around them, you kick them, you do whatever you need to do. I mean, this is your life, right? This is, and, and you only get one and I don't want to spend any of it in fear. And I don't want to spend any of it doing things I don't want to do. And I want to spend as much time as possible making my life great and making other people's life great along the way. So, I mean, you just, you just do it. Keep going. Just do it. <laughs> just do it. It's the Nike slogan. <laughs> So create that's go forth and create how would you explain to others the connection between the mind and the heart in your photography mind hmm. being what you're thinking heart being how you're feeling that's a great question yeah I feel like it takes both um I think the mind part of it came a lot easier for me um being having the technical background that I did um, you know, it was really easy for me to try to figure out depth of field and hyperfocal and, and, you know, rr, 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 you know, rule it thirds, rule it thirds, that all make, you know. <laughs> Which by the way, I have, I have demystified. Oh, good. I'll share Which, that with you one day, but I have the demystified rule or... the rule of thirds. Yes. Oh, I would love to hear that. 
That's I for think another your day. People but... might want to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a uh, a visual. Yeah, you you have to see that one. But um, okay. I w- I am working on a presentation for that. I love it. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Anyway, yeah, so... I, I diverted. Sorry. <laughs> No. And and I think that, but that's kind of the transition, right? I feel like we've, we've get fed these very specific rules and I was very good with checking boxes when I first started off, check the box, check the box, check the box. I mean, I was awesome at, you know, perfectly placing a stick in the rule of thirds. And what I found is that it led to very boring photographs. Like I actually didn't like any of my photographs. They were getting published. They were sellable. Like I just, I didn't like any of them. Um, I had the fortunate opportunity to be an artist in residence in Acadia National Park, not once, not twice, but three times because they couldn't get rid of me. (laughs) I loved it so much. Your energy is just incredible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they couldn't get rid of me. Excuse me. So um, I ended up going through a pretty major, um, major transformation. I got stuck out there where I was like, this photography just sucks. Like this sucks. I can't, I cannot do another stick in the foreground. I cannot do it. I, I at sunrise with, the, I can't do it. You know what I mean, right? Yes, I do know what you mean. <laughs> I can't do another one. And so it was like, all right, well, if you're not going to do that, what are you going to do? And so I ended up starting to research. And this is what happens when I get stuck. I start going to look for new ideas. Like that's what happens is you're just out of ideas. And so I started researching um, how to be creative. I I literally Googled that, how to be creative. (laughs) And I found things like the Wallace model of creativity, conceptual blending, um, all of the things that I was like, wait a minute, you mean... You mean everybody has the capacity to be creative? I thought it was just a tech geek. Like, wait a minute, like, hold on, like time out. And so that's really when I started to interject the heart part of this. And so it was connecting with things that I got excited about, like seeing the world and being like, oh my God, that that flower or that tree or that wave is amazing. And then letting my brain do all of the technical stuff that it already needed. It already knew how to do, right? It already knew depth of field and it already knew all of, you know, composition and really starting to understand gestalt psychology and human perceptions, how people perceive the world and, and really connecting, you know, where I put something in the frame changes the meaning of how people will interpret what they see in my photograph. And so being very deliberate about that. And so it's really using my heart to connect with the outer world and the things that I'm experiencing at that time and then letting the brain kind of do all of its stuff, I feel is a bit more natural for me. Um, but it's, it's way more fun. Like it's way more fun. It is it's way, way more, more fun. fun. Yeah. It's way more fun to go out and lose your mind over, I don't know, rainbow pools <laughs> and maybe not have it technically perfect. Maybe it doesn't fit all the, the so-called rules, which I don't, I don't pay attention to anymore, but it has, it has emotion for me. I mean, my life is better when I get excited about something like the rainbow pool, right? That's your heart pouring out, right? And we've got to pay attention to that, that spirit, that energy, that excitement. What is that? And then letting your brain be like, okay, it is time to technically execute. Make sure this is in focus. 
make sure you choose the right aperture, you know, make sure you got the right ISO, whatever that is. And so for check me, your now, Instagram. <laughs> check your Instagram, you got to check your Instagram, right? Shoot like make sure the you're right. the best, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> make sure you're setting yourself up for success for processing. Like, yeah. And so a lot of it now for me, well, I wouldn't even say a lot of it. I would say all of it. All of my photography right now is driven by an emotional connection. And that doesn't always, I want to make it clear that that doesn't always mean that it's a happy, joyful thing. Um, you know, I love pouring all of my emotions into my photography. It's an outlet for how I feel about the world. Good, bad, ugly, and beautiful, indifferent, all of it. And it's a really good home for it. It's a great way to understand it. It's a great way to express it. Um, it's a very productive way of expressing it, I feel. And so I make photographs when I'm sad, when I'm you know crying. I make photographs when I'm pissed off. I make photographs you know, in a variety of different um, emotions. And I think embracing that part of our heart and pouring that into our work, it, it's a little bit scary, um, but it's a glorious way to go through life like it's it's scary in the sense that you know when I make a photograph of a rainbow pool for example or bubbles or whatever it is it's like you know that little voice in your head right goes is anybody gonna understand this is anybody gonna get it is anybody gonna care and I used to <laughs> I used to you know be like I used to listen to that and at some point you just go I don't care like I don't care because the amount of joy that this brought to my life like <laughs> I don't care if anybody likes it because my life is better now. You know, I hope that people do, right? I hope that you get inspired. I hope that other people get excited about the outdoors and you see new things. But ultimately, I'm making photographs because it means something to me and my my life, my heart, my soul, my spirit. Like it fulfills me in ways that other things don't. And I have to do it. And if it does something out in the world, awesome. Um, but that's the part where you kind of got to, you got to let your heart talk. Like you start, let your brain talk. Like, <laughs> so when the guy is saying to way. you, you know, here's the iconic shot and there's this incredible thing over here, uh, you know, totally in a different place. that's just drawing you, you listen. Oh God, absolutely. But I think that takes a remarkable amount of strength though. I mean, because we as humans, right, especially if you're like in a workshop, for example, and you're standing there and there's, you know, nine tripods lined up in one way and they're all shooting this gorgeous light or whatever it is like that's e I, it's not easy. That's easy. Er, that's easy. That's easier than you turning around and saying, you know what, what I have to experience in this world has value if to no one other than myself and that alone is worth it. And and being able to say, wow, there's some other stuff going on in this planet right now. And it's pretty cool. And it's <laughs> over here. I I mean, I think that takes a remarkable lot of strength. I, and I think that's underestimated how much strength that takes. Um, but it is absolutely worth it. And and I would encourage that of, of everyone who picks up a camera is to just listen to that voice that you know in your heart you know in your you know in your gut when you see it right <laughs> yeah you don't always I mean, execute the perfect photograph of what it was but it makes you happy no matter what exactly because you you allowed yourself to experience the joy of that moment right and i i mean you have to think about why are you in why are you a photographer like was it to set up a tripod and click the button 
or was it to experience these moments of joy and discovery, uh, self-discovery? And then, then yeah. Mm -hmm. And then sharing that joy with others. I mean, that's the latter is obviously why I am in photography now. That's not how it started, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but that's allowing it to grow. Right. And that's allowing it to evolve. And, you know, if you're in the position where, you know, you, you like shooting the iconic photographs, like that's awesome. Like if that's what fulfills you, awesome. It did not fulfill me. And I'm honoring my own voice with that. I think that's the thing with photography and art in general is, is giving everyone the space and grace to express whatever they want in this world, whatever that is. And that each of us can choose different paths and they all be right answers. I mean, as long as we're being authentic in our own, in our own space, like again, you know, if you love the wood over there, make a photograph of that. Like, yeah, it's following our joy. And joy, I think, means that we're like skipping around like Pollyanna all the time. It doesn't always look like that, right? <laughs> like, let's, no, it's let's a deeper. Word, it's, it fulfills it, you. It's a deeper contentment. Contentment is a great yeah. word. I like. Yeah. I, I feel like joy and happiness have these weird connotations in society. So I try to kind of happiness, especially. I just kind of drop for my vernacular. So like it, it, fulfillment, contentment. You interesting know, side of, note: um, yeah. the word happiness comes from I forget what language, but it comes from the word uh, content, which oh. is content in French or in Latin. Mm. So happiness is being content, which I thought was super interesting. Anyway, I love word. Oh, I love that. of words, but. I love that. Yeah, no, I'm definitely a word geek too. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's so cool. Okay. So we are going to end this episode and then we are coming back with more Colleen. All right. All right. One more thing before you go, Colleen, tell us about Sheography. So Sheography, all women photography workshops, aims to put the her in the photographer. So our workshops and retreats offer women of all ages, all backgrounds, photographic skills, anything, anything goes. Um, I try to offer a safe and supportive learning environment for exploring photography, creativity, and and life in the outdoors. So if you're someone who uh, wants to travel on your own, but not alone, um, I have small groups where we can foster kind of learning and discovering more about the outdoors in a safe space. Um, it, we learn all about photography. We have, we teach, you know, technical skills, techniques, creative approaches so that you feel more confident in expressing what's inside of you, not what's inside of me or anybody else, but we, I try to aim to bring out the best in everyone and individual ways. And so if you want to just come on out and sharing the joy of photography and art and fun with other women. Um, Sheography is a great opportunity to do that. So to learn more about Sheography, you can go to www.sheography.com and uh, we're looking forward to seeing you out there. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of The Creative Warriors. We want to thank Colleen for sharing her heart and soul with us. We hope you enjoy our fun conversation and gain some valuable takeaways. In our next episode, get ready to learn more with Colleen. 
If you have any thoughts, suggestions, or questions, do not hesitate to reach out to me at ariel at arielfaithphotography.com. Until next time, keep exploring, keep learning, and keep the conversation going. Stay curious and have a happy artistic journey. Thank you for listening to the Creative Warriors podcast, the female heart and soul of photography. See you next episode.